the Bears Nation Podcast, powered by ONTAP Sports Network. It's Packer Week, Bears Nation. That's the number one goal is to win the division, then win the conference, and then go to the Super Bowl. We know that division games are more important. They have a little more weight to them, and we're excited about this one. I got this report from Chicago. It's a heck of a rivalry, best rivalry in football. That's a fact. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right, here we go. Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, September 6th, and we are doing, for the first time this year, well, I guess the first time this fall, because we would have done it in January. Fair enough. But for the first time this new football season, we are doing our first game preview. It's week one. It's here. We made it. Our first game preview breakdown preview of this Bears Nation podcast season. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. And like I said, today we are spending this episode breaking down the Bears imminent week one matchup against the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field to open the 2023-24 season and what some some people on this show would call, I believe, a transformative year, a changing of the guard year, a what were the other adjectives you used? There's been a couple of them that you've thrown around. Franchise altering. Franchise altering. Yes, of course. Uh, so that's what we're going to break down today. But it's going to be a lot of fun. It's our first one of the year. Very exciting. And you know what? I'm just going to give Kevin the floor for a couple minutes to talk about how this is a franchise altering opportunity here in week one when the Bears host the Green Bay Packers Sunday afternoon. I, I'm so riled up, Jake. I just wrote my riled prediction. Up. I re- riled up. I just wrote my prediction for a six seven the scores prediction website. They're for some reason allowing me to predict games. That's a wild move. Um, yeah. That is an absolute wild move. And I'm just I'm I, I just watched the entire game film from Bears Packers week 13, 2022, mostly in preparation for this show. Okay. I'm not just psychotically watching that. So game. now that it begs the question, did you watch every single play, every single no, snap, like or did you just like, like the 10 okay. minute highlight reel okay. on, 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 okay. on, on NFL. So see, when you say it, you watch the whole game oh, film, God, that no. makes it sound like you watched yeah. first thing, like, kickoff to final whistle. No, I wasn't in the all 22. Okay. Like that, okay. that, that's, that's a little bit diabolical. Um, a little bit. There are people that do that. But, but no, but nobody would think that's uh, like under you, beneath you. No. You, that is something you would do. That is 100% something I would do. But look, this game, and I hinted at it before, like the magnitude of the, the significance of this game, Jake. And I know, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, also in the back of my mind, also I'm very aware that this is one game. It's week one of a brand new football team with a lot of overhaul and a lot of change. And expected is you know, growing pains. It is It is to be expected that across the roster, you got a bunch of guys that have never played with each other before. This is only the second year of a new head coach. This is a new regime, a really busy offseason. I don't expect them to win this game 42-0. to zero. I don't expect them to come out and hit the ground running. Do I expect them to win? Well, I don't know. you got to wait till the end of the show to hear our final game predictions. But I just believe that this has the opportunity that if you win this game and you make a statement on Sunday, like we've been taught, we've been Bears fans and, and us alike have been all talk the entire offseason. The bad man is gone. 
Aaron Rodgers is gone. We have the better quarterback. We have the better team. This is our time to dominate this rivalry for the next, you know, foreseeable for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, hopefully 10 to 15 years, right? Hopefully longer than that because it's been that long for the Green Bay Packers. That's how long they've dominated us. We haven't won a game in this quote-unquote rivalry, which is almost doesn't even feel like that the past five years, since 2018. If you were to lose this game, Jake, it just... It, I mean, it feels like it's a hump that you can never get over, right? Finally, you have the better quarterback. Finally, you have the more talented roster. That is an objective statement. They have the better roster on Sunday. And if you can't beat them this time, then it feels like you're just you're never going to be able to, and it feels like that they're always going to have the upper hand. So it does feel like a very significant moment, and I think both teams know that. I said last time I think the pressure has increased on the Green Bay Packers since even months ago, right? They they the the They've closed the the gap in that line. It's down to just Bears minus one. It started, I believe, around Bears minus three, minus three and a half. Um, so people are buying in on the Packers, which is almost good for the Bears. Maybe a little bit of weight off their shoulders. Maybe the pressure is, uh, the momentum is shifting. So it's it's significant, man. And if the Bears win and they make that statement and say, hey, this is our time now in this rivalry. This is our time to really take the North like Ryan Pulse said he would do, uh, you know, a couple years ago or really a year ago since he took over the job, then... You, you you have something to prove. You have something to prove if you go out and win that game, and, and you have something to kind of rely on for the first couple weeks of the season. And really, until Week 17, you don't see the Green Bay Packers until 2024 in the final game of the season. Again, crazy that they start and end the year with Green Bay. But this is such a big opportunity. The NFL schedule makers knew what they were doing. This is basically a national game on a Fox's America's Game of the Week. It'll probably be, Sometimes Fox's uh, America's Game of the Week are the most watched games of the NFL season. So this could be up there for most eyeballs uh, on a team, on a game, for the entirety of the 2023-2024 season. And I hope and pray to God that all those eyeballs are looking at a phenomenal Justin Fields performance and a Bears win. But, Jake, most significant game in Bears-Packers in 2018, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. And uh, Our friends of the show, Adam Hogan, Adam Johns, put out a clip with Kevin Fishbane yesterday on the Hogan Johns podcast Talking, talking about this exact thing. Like, this is the most significant Packers game you've had since 2018. And if you remember, and Adam Hogue said this, if you remember to start 2018, you had that opening game against the Packers. Cleo Mack was here. It was the start of this new era, quote-unquote. And it's always got to beat the Packers, got to beat the Packers. You lose that game. Aaron Rodgers lights you up in the second half. Just absolutely, as he famously said, owns you. And you lose that game. At Lambeau, though, this is at Soldier Field. And then the next time at Soldier Field in 2018, you beat the Packers. And as you said, that was the last time you've beaten them, which is a long time. So if this is truly going to be that transformative season and that season where you take that step and the changing of the guard or whatever you want to call it, then it has to start with this game. It has to start week one and you got to win this game because if you lose this game, then it's just business as usual. It's all right. You lost to the Packers at home again and the streak continues and it being a non-rivalry continues and okay. Yep. The same old bears. They're probably going to be bad again. And we just move on with our day. If you win this game though, then it makes a statement. Then it says, Okay, all that hype over the offseason from ESPN or NFL Network or wherever you know you may have heard or t- seen or talked about the Bears. Okay, maybe we can buy into that a little bit because the Bears beat the Packers at home, took care of business, and maybe they are for real. But if you lose this game, then it's just, okay, well, you know, the streak continues and the Bears stay the Bears. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I said. Like, it just – it's – 
the the impact of a loss is just I don't even want to think about it, especially because of all the shit I talked this off season. But yeah, it just feels like it just feels like that's why this is so significant. Like, and everybody knows this, and Bears fan, and that's what makes Bears fans a little nervous in the back of their mind. Like, yes, will after if the Bears were to lose this game, I would come back here on Monday and say it is just one game. This is a new team, and all the things I, I uh, alliterated to earlier, just with having new pieces and a new regime and a team that hasn't played together, and all those things take time, right? Like, I would allude to that for sure, but this is your opportunity, and it's never been uh, as good of an opportunity as it is now. Like, even in 2018, when you had the better team, they still had Aaron Rodgers. You have the better quarterback. This is a quarterback's league. That's what matters most, and you have the better quarterback in this matchup, and that should lead to a win in this game. So... All things are going your way. You got to handle business, and I think they're ready for it. The good thing about this game, as we sort of you know transition into the the breakdown, is I do think if there's a good quality to Matt Eberflus and to Luke Getz and to this coaching staff, I believe they prepare very very well when they have a lot of time. Last year, yes, was it Trey Lance with the 49ers? Sure. But that's still a quarterback who can do dynamic things. He still could have been a guy that was difficult to game plan because he is able to, you know, attack you with his legs. They had all offseason to game plan against the 49ers, knowing that Trey Lance was going to be the starter. They come out. They only allow that team to score 10 points, one of the best offenses in football, whether it's Trey Lance or not. That's Kyle Shanahan offense, right? That's a team with a, a whole bunch of playmakers, of course, without Christian McCaffrey at the time. They went out there, and they just looked like the more prepared team. They looked like the better team. I think, and then you think about the mini-buy, right, coming off of that game uh, against the Commanders, the 11-day break where they obviously went out and with a second-year quarterback on the road in Foxborough against Belichick, absolutely looked like the more prepared team, the better team uh, against the Patriots last year. I think with a full offseason, with months now to prepare for Jordan Love and to prepare against this Packers defense, I think they're going to come out ready. And I think that's a good quality to this coaching staff. It's a good quality to this team as they know how to prepare. They know how to script plays in the first couple drives of the game. They are the best team in the NFL last year, Jake, in first drive scores. 70.6% of their drives, um, of their first drives of the game went for scores. Highest percentage in the NFL. So that's a testament to what I'm talking about, about preparedness and being able to come out and start um, hot and just prepare throughout the week. And with months to prepare for this team and to prepare for a guy like Jordan Love, who's only played and who's only started, I believe, only started one game in his NFL career. He's played in six, I believe, or maybe ten. I got to double check that. But he's only started, I believe, one. It was that game against Kansas City uh, a couple years ago where he threw an interception and 150 yards and 50% completion. Not great numbers at all. I think they're going to be ready to handle it. It's at home. I just, what do you what do you think about that? Like, is that something that you're kind of feeling good about? Is their ability to game plan against a team and an offense that seems relatively one dimensional? Well, and it's also, and any team will say this about week one or whatever that the Bears have had how seven months to plan for this game, eight months to plan for this game now. You know, this is the game that they've had all summer, all training camp, all preseason to plan for and to plan for Jordan Love. And the fact of the matter remains, we don't know really what Jordan Love is in live regular season NFL reps. The Packers really don't even know. They've seen him one game where he had to fill in real fast uh, at the last second for Aaron Rodgers against Kansas City in Arrowhead, which is a tough task for anybody. So now... It's his first real prepared start. Because if you remember, that first start was at the drop of a hat because Aaron Rodgers missed the game with COVID, I believe. So now it's like this is Jordan Love's first prepared, 
had the time, had the practice, had the work put in where he's been ready for a long time to start this game. And now the Packers can find out or at least start to find out what they have in this guy. And the Bears, on the flip side of the coin, have had seven, eight months to prepare for this game for Jordan Love. And granted, the whole time they weren't preparing for Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers didn't get traded until you know later in the summer. But the writing was on the wall. It was kind of assumed that Aaron Rodgers was not going to be a Green Bay Packer coming into this season and that we've kind of been known that for a long time. So I do put a little bit of stock into that and the thought that the Bears have had time to prepare and that it might be a little bit one-dimensional because you have to think the Packers aren't – they know what their bread and butter is. It's going to be to run the ball. It's going to be Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they're not going to take a lot of risks with Jordan Love, at least not right out of the gate. They're gonna, there's going to be a feeling out period where it's like, okay, let's test you know his reads, his arm, what the game speed's like for him. So I, I do agree with you a little bit on that, uh, that there has been a lot of time to prepare, but I do think that we shouldn't just take that – as fact we shouldn't just assume that that's going to be the case you know yeah you can't assume that to be the case and yeah you're right about you know them having the time but so you're talking about the running game and 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 the strategy here obviously for green bay i think their protocol is to ground and pound their way to a win and 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 try to win this thing 13 to 10 right try to play good defense although i don't think their defense is that great but that's the formula right first game with jordan love in a while new regime all these different things or not new regime but you know kind of a new offensive identity under Jordan Love. Um, but the problem is, because someone was talking about this with me yesterday, it was like, oh, yeah, I mean, the Packers are just going to dominate because they got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're going to just destroy you on the run. Who led the league in rushing last year? Can, can someone remind me who led the league in rushing last year? I mean, it was the Chicago Bears. Yeah. It equated to three wins. <laughs> we know that this is the NFL of 2023. This is a passing league. You're not winning well, games and also, round to be and pound. Fair. To be fair, a lot of that was Justin Fields on broken plays and scrambles. Sure, but, you know, rushing yards are rushing yards. Like, if that's their formula, sorry, that ain't working. You know what I mean? Like, like, this is an offense on the other side of the field that you have to acknowledge is going to score points. Like, this Bears offense is explosive. Like, you could argue about, you know, whether they're really that great and all these things. They can score points. They scored points against some good teams last year. They scored 33 on the Patriots. They scored 20, you know, 30 on the Dolphins. They scored 29, um, you know, on a couple of other teams. Not coming to mind right now, but they scored points last year. Like, if there's one thing that they did, they they were scoring points for a good stretch of time. All right, so you have to acknowledge that if you're the Green Bay Packers, you can't just assume that with a defense that's relatively average, right? They weren't that great last year, and they didn't get any better. That you're just going to win this game 13 to 10. That ain't going to happen. At some point in this game whether it's in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter, maybe they come off firing to try to throw the Bears off guard in the first quarter. Just Jordan Love's going to have to throw the ball down the field. He's going to have to make some plays. Will he be able to make more big plays than Justin Fields is what this game comes down to, in my opinion. like that, And, and that's what most games come down to in a quarterback league in 2023. But the answer to that question to me is no. Like I, don't, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bears have more weapons to their disposal. I think they have you know a comparable offensive line. The, the Packers' offensive line is is decent, but it's a bunch of older guys. You know, it, it's not like what it used to be a couple years ago with Rodgers. Um, and the Bears have a better front four than what they had last year, and they got a little bit of pressure on Rodgers in that game in Week 13 that I was watching. Uh, I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand this ideology from Packers fans and from NFL fans that the Packers are going to ground and pound you to death in this game. And that's how you're going to lose. Like, I just, I just don't see that being the case. And when you talk about 
the Packers here in, in general. Like, I just want to get this out of the way because as we talk about NFL futures and we talk about division futures and we talk about the Bears being plus 430 to win the division and the Packers being what now, I believe, like plus 350 or plus 380 or something and how, something like that, yeah. how that's grown. Where, where is this coming from, Jake? This is a team last year that, if I'm not mistaken, was 8-9 and nine, or maybe 7-10. Yes, eight 8-9. And and eight, right? Had that chance to potentially make the playoffs but lost to the Lions in the final week. This was a bad football team last year with one of the top three quarterbacks in NFL history. They lose that player. They bring in Jordan Love, and they make absolutely zero moves in the offseason to make their team better. You look at the transaction list on ESPN here, and you look at some of the names they signed when free, when free agency opened. Eric Wilson, Justin Hollins, Corey Ballantine, Tarvarius Moore, Yash Nijman, Tyler Davis. They re-signed Keyshawn Nixon, who's a, who's a fine player. Uh, who are these guys? They, they, they did nothing to improve their team. I thought their draft was mediocre. Lucas Van Ness was a player that I didn't really love in the first round. And, and sure, that's, a, that's a, an edge rusher who may, might pan out to be a great player, but I didn't love him in the middle of the first round. Where, where do they get better this offseason? Show me where the Green Bay Packers got better. This was an eight-win team last year, and people think that they're going to win more games with a worse quarterback, with a significantly worse quarterback, than they did the year before. It makes no sense to me. This is not a team that's going to win 10 games, and this is not a team that's going to win on Sunday. Jake, tell me how the Packers got better. Tell me how they're more equipped to beat you this year than last year. So to answer your question, because you started this question with the division price and how, you know, why that's priced the way it is because they got worse and blah, blah. It's just because the, the perception that the NFC North is wide open. You know, it's just that, that the lions are up and coming team, but still not there solid. Like you're not terrified of them yet that the Vikings are vulnerable and that the bears and Packers have a lot of question marks. That's where that division price comes from to answer your question. That's shifted because we talked about this. What last week that, it's because all summer we heard about the Bears and the hype train for the Bears. And now that we're here, it's kind of like those first day of school jitters where it's like, ooh, maybe we may have gotten a little bit too over our skis here. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of a situation like that. How do the Packers win this game? To answer your question. I mean, there's a couple ways. Because you mentioned the offensive line a couple minutes ago. The, you said that the talent level is comparable. That may be true, but also remember that this Bears offensive line is very much in flux right now. They've had about a week, 10 days to kind of start to smooth out the wrinkles, but you just added the guy who's probably going to be starting at center for you right after the preseason game, the final one at that. You now are shuffling things with Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick and not really sure how that's going to work. Nate Davis is ramping up for his first real game action. So how do the Packers win this game? It's that the Bears offensive line isn't gelled yet, isn't ready yet. It's that Justin Fields maybe does not have as much chemistry with his other receivers outside of DJ Moore that we thought. It's that the offense possibly is not ready to take flight, so to speak. And it's that the Bears defense continues to have the issues that they did last year, that there's no pass rush, that they can't stop the run. If the Bears can't stop the run again, that's going to be an issue because what do we just say? The Packers want to run the ball. Mm -hmm. They have two very good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They want to run the ball down your throat. They want to ease Jordan Love into this offense, and if the Bears can't stop the run again and the Packers just run all over you, 
that's a two running backs that are very capable of doing that. And then that bleeds the clock too. That allows them to control the game. So that's how the bears lose. I'm not saying that they fail spectacularly, but to answer your question, that's how they lose the game. It's the bears offensive line isn't gelled yet. And that the defense hasn't corrected the issues that they had last year at stopping the run. Yeah. I mean, again, like I just, I think the, I think even if the offensive line isn't gelled enough, we saw them put up points with the worst offensive line in the league last year, right? Like, they they found a way. Like, they get Justin Fields on the run, get him in play action. You saw what they did in preseason, utilizing screens, Justin Fields getting the ball out early, right? Like, all those things can limit the impact and what I believe will be a relative impact of a new offensive line that hasn't played together a lot. They have the means this year to limit that more than they did last year. Like, last year... I'll read you out the receiving numbers in Bears-Packers Week 13 last year. The leading receiver for your Chicago Bears in that game, Equinemius St. Brown, three receptions for 85 yards. The second leading receiver, Cole Komet, six six receptions for 72 yards. The third leading receiver, Nikhil Harry, one reception for 49 yards. He is not on the team anymore. Chase Claypool had five receptions for 28 yards. Dante Pettis caught a ball, one reception for 14 yards. Like, your leading receiver last year was the guy who is now wide receiver four or five on this team. Yep, fair. You have Darna Mooney back. You didn't have him in that game last year. You have a stud in DJ Moore now. Like, you have the means to get the ball out quickly, to make things work on offense, even if the offensive line isn't a perfect unit. And let's not act like we're going up against the Los Angeles Chargers with Khalil Mack or Joy Bosa or the 49ers with Nick Bosa, who's actually, you know, holding out. This is an offensive line with Kenny Clark, who's 27, had four sacks last year. Preston Smith, who's on the wrong side of 30, who did have eight and a half sacks last year. Uh, two guard, two tackles up front who aren't, you know, perfect by any means. Devontae Wyatt and uh, the other guy, uh, TJ Slayton. You aren't, and maybe Lucas Van Ness gets snapped. This isn't a front four that is going to embarrass your offensive line that maybe needs a couple drives and a couple snaps to mesh and maybe even a couple games to mesh together. Like, you get lucky in the sense that you face a pretty average front four week one, and then you place a below average front four in week two in the Buccaneers, and then you hopefully face an average front four in week three with the Chiefs without Chris Jones if he continues to hold out. Like, you get lucky in that department. I just can't imagine there's anyone on that front four that's wreaking havoc on it, that's giving you pains. It's been years since Kenny Clark gave us, you know, true pains on a game day. Preston Smith has been around, but he hasn't really dominated the Bears in any sense. Like, that wasn't an issue last year, and I don't think it would be an issue this year. Justin Fields last year, 20 for 25, 254 yards passing. He did throw two interceptions. He threw a couple late in the game trying to get back into it. But I just think they have the means now, Jake, to accommodate for still what is going to be a growing offensive line. And I think they're going to utilize it a lot. You're going to see a lot of screen passes. You're going to see a lot of utilization of running backs in the flat, get the ball out quick. Um, they are going to design those things, especially in the first couple of drives that are scripted with Luke Getze. I just, I, I'm not as worried about it this year because you have the means to still be productive on offense, even with a mediocre offensive line. Yeah, I mean... That makes sense because you're the eternal optimist of this show. <laughs> but that's that's <laughs> that, also that just tracks. real. That's also objective, no, though. Everything that you said is true. Um, I, I agree. I think if the Bears, 
and I say this on the show a lot, until I see it on the field, I'm not going to believe it. That goes with this defense. I'm not going to believe that this defense is completely revamped. And that's not to say that I don't believe in TJ Edwards or Tremaine Edmonds or Kyler Gordon in the slot or Tyreek Stevenson on the outside or that Eddie Jackson could stay healthy. I do believe in those things. And I believe that the defense can be better. But I'm not willing to put my faith in that until I actually see it with my own eyeballs on the field on Sunday. So what I do know, though, is to your point that this offense can put up points and that they did last season with a much, much inferior, far, far inferior supporting cast. So to me, my thought is that if you're going to win this game and really games in the future of this season, it has to be a shootout. Like that that's just kind of where I think we're at until we see that the defense can hold their own and is capable of holding opponents below 25, 24, 21 points. And then I'll believe that you don't have to score 30 every time. But as of right now, I think that's going to be the case. And if the Packers are running the ball a lot and you can't stop them, that's going to be a tough task. I mean, I I yeah, I mean it it will be a tough task to, st- to stop that offense. But again, if that's the strategy, if their strategy is we're running the ball, they're only going to get a handful of opportunities to put the ball in the end zone if you're ground and pounding all game, right? Like, we know that. And if you have a better red zone defense and you have a, a defense that's going to take the ball away, there's a good chance that the Packers could do themselves no favors by running the clock down, spending eight minutes on the drive, and then, you know, settling for a few goal inside the 20 or throwing an interception or fumbling the football inside the 20. Like that's how you lose games as a team that tries to ground and pound. And the one thing that we do know about this defense, Jake, and we do know about the identity of this defense under Matt Eberflus is they're going to get after the football. They're going to try to get takeaways. They're going to do whatever they can to knock the ball out. They brought in peanut Timlin throughout the offseason to help them specifically for that reason, punching the football out with the patented peanut punch. And we saw it in the preseason. There was a couple guys that used that exact technique to force turnovers. And you built a defense of players who are known for getting turnovers, right? Like you, you got rid, you basically made a swap for Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith because Tremaine Edmonds is more capable of getting turnovers. He's a guy that gets after the ball more. Roquan Smith was great at, as a tackler, great, you know, uh, as a guy stuffing the run. Guy didn't get a ton of turnovers. He wasn't a ball hawk at the middle linebacker position. Now you have that guy. You have one of the better secondaries in the NFL, a guy in Jaquan Brisker who was getting takeaways last year, a guy who knew Eddie Jackson was near the league lead in interceptions before getting injured, and a guy who's been doing it his whole career. We know he's going to get after it. A guy like Kyler Gordon who moving back to the slot is a takeaway machine there, you believe, and he did it against two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in back-to-back weeks last year. Tyreek Stevenson brought in for that exact reason. And guess what? You now have a couple guys on the edge and up front, who you hope can provide a little pressure to force those takeaways. This is improved front four with Yannick Ngakwe and some rookie presence in Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens, although it will be Justin Jones and Andrew Billings in the starting uh, nose tackle positions on uh, on Sunday. But objectively, Jake, like I understand your point of we got to wait till Sunday to see. You're right, but on paper, and like you can safely say that this defense is significantly better than what it was last year. Significantly, in my opinion, better and more capable of getting takeaways and and, and getting takeaways that win you the game. That's how you beat the 49ers week one last year, and I think that's how you're going to beat the Packers again this year. Like, Yannick Ngakwe being there alone. Like, that's a guy who had eight sacks last year when your leading sack leader was Jaquan Brisker. Like, that alone is enough for me to believe that this is a front forward defense that's going to be better and going to be able to contain um, whatever the Packers try to throw at you. So, I just, I really don't believe there's a scenario where the Packers can win this game 
by running the ball 50, 60 times. Like, I don't think there's a scenario. Like, I just think this offense that we're going to see on Sunday is too good to allow that to be the case. Like, and 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 the reason why I say that is there's precedent for this because in that game last year, and I know I'm using this one game from last year a lot, but it's the most recent game we have in the in the matchup. It's 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 relative. It's relatively significant. The Bears were up seven, 16 to three in that game. Like if the Bears get a lead, right? They score an opening drive 70.6 percent of the time. If they do that again, then that whole game plan that you're describing for the Packers has to be thrown out the window. If you're up 16 to three on the Packers, they can't ground and pound their way to a win at that point. No, no, no. They're gonna have to start throwing the ball and start making some plays. So they had a 16-3 lead last year. There's no re- at home. There's no reason that they can't do that again. And I think that's the formula if you're the Bears. Like you know that you can't go down in this game because then you allow the Packers to c- control the clock. So if you go up, start hot, get a lead, get an early takeaway, try to force those early, get a 20 to 10 lead, get a 20 to you know 7 lead, do do whatever you can, get a two score lead in some capacity and then control the rest of the game. That's the form that force the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love to make mistakes. Which really means that there's an opportunity for you as far as the coin toss goes. Like if you win the toss, you have to take the ball. You have to. Which is concerning cuz Matthew Flus is generally a little bit more conservative. That he's not super aggressive as far as all right, let's take the ball and score. Maybe with it being week one and the home opener and the season debut, and maybe, but that's kind of got to be your game plan. I completely agree that you have to just take the ball and go and try to score points, and you have to dictate the game, which I know is easier said than done, obviously. But if you can get up early and dictate the flow of the game and kind of make the Packers go away from what they want to do. Then you have a real shot to win the game. Yeah, 100%. So who would have thought this game comes down to the coin toss? That's what, Jake, <laughs> that's what Jake's saying. Yeah, the, book the, it. The mo- it. Whoever wins the coin toss wins the game. Wins the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God. I want to know what the Bears record was when they won and lost the coin toss. And wasn't 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 there like, who was it? Was it Nagy? I think there was an era where like the Bears had won the coin toss like 10 weeks in a row or something crazy like that. So I don't know. We'll... Uh, We'll have to see what happens uh, with the coin toss. You can bet on it. It's a great place to put your money. I mean, odds, yeah, just get it, get a quick sweat just, just right, out, quick right out of the game. Yeah. Just get it, just get, it, get, it, get it out. Um, anything else you're looking at for specific positional matchups in this game? Positional battles, Bears O-line, Packers D-line. I know we kind of detailed that a little bit. Um, you know, Jair Alexander versus DJ Moore, you know, those types of things. What, what are you kind of looking at for specific matchups in this game? Yeah, I mean, I I think the obvious one is what you said, DJ Moore versus Jair Alexander. Like, that's going to be the big one because the biggest thing is going to be the addition of DJ Moore. Now we've been talking about it all summer, all offseason, and now we get to see it in game action, and people are excited for that. So I think that that's the number one thing. And then for me is the offensive line. I, I mean, that's how is this going to look? Is Dan Feeney going to be starting at center or is it going to be Lucas Patrick? Or, or like, how is this going to look? I know that we said that the Packers defense isn't the greatest. They're average at best. But that's still something to watch because offensive line protection was a big area of concern for the Bears last year. And so we have to see if that has gotten better. What Darnell Wright looks like as a rookie at right tackle what Braxton Jones, what kind of progress he's made, how Cody Whitehair looks with that club on his hand. So there's a lot of factors there that go into it as well as far as what this is going to look like and what the Bears are going to be able to accomplish. So I think 
One for you know the public is Jair Alexander versus DJ Moore or vice versa, however you want to say it. And then for me, it's just the offensive line and how they hold up and how they're able to protect Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about DJ Moore is like he's so versatile and where they can line him up that he won't always be on, you know, uh, on Jair Alexander as an X receiver on the outside. Like he'll come out of the slot. He'll do a lot of different things. Like I think you'll see Jair Alexander on Chase Claypool a lot too as the pure X receiver on the outside. Um, and you'll see how the Packers, you know, match up on that. But hey, I mean, remember in that one play last year, Nikhil Harry dogged Jair Alexander on that 49-yard yeah, reception down true. the field. And that was like, again, like people need to understand Justin Fields had one of his best games as a passer against the Packers last year. Like, 20 for 25, 254 yards, two deep balls, one at Equinemius St. Brown, one at Nikhil Harry. Like, he was on point. Did he make a couple interceptions trying to force the ball down the field late? Yes, he did. Some mistakes that he made. Uh, you know, Equinemius St. Brown didn't really come back on a route in that first interception that he threw to Jerry Alexander. Then he kind of just threw one up at the end of the game because they were down nine. He had to just kind of throw it up there. Um, but Justin Fields was moving the ball with ease against this Packers defense that got worse. And, like, their leading receiver is Equinemius St. Brown. Like, I'm not worried about, like, oh, Jair Alexander is taking away DJ Moore in this game. Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. Like, they'll find a way to put up yards and put up points on this defense. Like, it is it is not a concern for me at all. So I just look at that. You know, I look at the receivers now versus the Packers defense. Again, there was no Darner Mooney last year. That's a guy who exposed them in the past. He exposed them years ago, uh, even with Mitchell Trubisky. Like, he's historically been pretty solid against the Green Bay Packers. And now DJ Moore and, and Chase Claypool, who we believe might be a different player this year, and Cole Komet, like, you just have an arsenal that I don't think the Packers and I don't think many teams are going to be able to handle if they all really play like we think they do, especially if Chase Claypool returns to that rookie year form um, in, in Pittsburgh. And I think the key is when you look at that game last year, there was a missed field goal from Kyra Santos. They settled for three field goals in that game. Again, one of them was missed. Like they were not efficient in the red zone. This is a team now with a lot of different presence in Robert Tunyon and Chase Claypool where you should be able to score pretty consistently in the red zone. I mean, the Bears' red zone percentage last year, red zone scoring percentage last year, wasn't that bad. But specifically in this game and specifically this year now, you have the ability to have you know versatility in that area. I like how Nathaniel Hackett calls it the gold zone. In the gold zone, as he says on hard now. You don't like that? You're not a fan of the gold I, zone? I, are you out on Nathaniel seems, Hackett? Seems give, who isn't? I mean, I don't know. He kind of, he kind of won me over. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Red zone scoring percentage for touchdowns in 2022. Chicago Bears 13th in the NFL, 56%. For context, Green Bay Packers were 23rd at 51%. So this is a team that was scoring efficiently in the red zone last year and will. Uh, will be efficient in the red zone this year with more with more talent and guys who can go up and get the football. So that's just I think the formula for me, like get in the red zone. And you utilize your utilize Robert Tunney, utilize Chase Claypool, utilize Tyler Scott on some of the things that you saw them kind of do with Bayless Jones Jr. last year. Like, there's so many options. And then utilize Justin Fields' legs in the red zone. Obviously, that's one of the most lethal um, aspects of this offense. So I'm just like, Jake, there's nothing like, okay, the only th what what scares you in this game? Like, the only thing that scares you is losing. the Bears going down or losing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. It scares, scares me, too. Honestly, like Aaron Jones, AJ, AJ Dillon, is that the that's the only thing that scares me? And if there was Christian one Watson, thing, nah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He scored twice he, against the he Bears can do last those year. Explosive plays. He can do explosive plays, but like create explosive, create whatever. Do realistically, like 
what else scares you? Like, if there were to be one thing that scares you, it'd be the running backs in today's yes, NFL. correct. So that's what I look at in this game, and I'm like, yeah, the Bears could lose. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, sure. Ma- I'm sure making it seem like it's impossible it's for the Bears to lose. very big of you to admit that. It is very big. Like, any team can lose any given Sunday, though. <laughs> so... You love any given Sunday. More oh, than I love any, any given more Sunday. More than anyone has loved anything ever, I think. You love any given Sunday. And it's really funny. Um, the most parody filled so, league in sports. So let me ask you this. you Because it, it sounds like, based on everything you just said, you expect the Bears to come out and throw the ball right yes. away. You, you don't think they're going to try and run the ball or try to make it more no. balanced? or even, no. you, you think they're just going to fire? They're going to they're gonna fire away. They're going to attack. I mean, they attacked last year, and they're going to attack this year. And I just I just don't like, again, you don't have an Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Like, you have a Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman. Like, what are you going to do? Run those guys into the ground the first few drives? And that's uninspiring. Like, think about the situation, Jake. Like, if they were in Lambeau, like, maybe you go there and you kind of ease into it and you set the t- No, you are you got the home crowd. Everyone's going to be riled up. Start it off with a bang. And it's like we have the historical precedence to prove that in those first drives, like, when they were scoring touchdowns in those first drives, it wasn't just a bunch of, you know, running the ball. In. Like, they were throwing the ball well. They were efficient. I think they're going to kind of keep that same formula. So I expect them to come out hot. I'll make a bet with you right now. I bet you first play of the game is pass, but I bet you the next two are run. I bet you goes pass, run, run. First play of the game is an 80-yard touchdown field. <laughs> pass, run, run. Um, yeah. That's very Bears. Yeah. Pass, pass run, exactly. run is very Bears. But, uh, it sure is. I got I got to go back and look at the sharp football analytics and see how many times they've run the ball in second doesn't and Doesn't it? Like, tell me you can't see this. Like, Bears, first play of the game, bubble screen, two yards, run, run, punt. See, like that can't happen. Like, yeah, I agree with you, but are, would you be surprised? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think I would be. Again, I think I would be surprised. I would because now would. this is an offense that has so many explosive playmakers. Like last year, what else were you gonna do? <laughs> Especially That's in fair. this game. What, 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 what? I mean, look at your pass catchers in that game. You had no choice but to go bubble screen, run, run. Like you now have. So many guys who can get open and a versatile offense. Like, there is no reason. If that happens, I will be so angry. Or if they do an incomplete pass and they run the ball in second and 10. No! Don't run the ball in second and 10. The Chiefs run the ball in second and 10? How often do the Chiefs run the ball in second and 10? They might, they might this week. They might this week because they got Travis Kelsey there. But other than that, when he's on the field, don't run the damn ball in second and 10. Come on now. I think, uh, I, I, I Man, maybe I'm in over my head, but I just like this offense is good. This is a good we offense. Think. We think. We know. We can't, <laughs> Kevin. We think that it's a good offense. We, we hope that it's going to be a good offense. All right. As we start to wind out, let's do some player predictions. Let's do it. Bold predictions. Just, just do we want to do stat lines or do we want to do bold predictions? We'll first? We can do both. We can we can fly through these. All right. Let's do bold predictions first. Uh, bold predictions first. Sure. All right. Feel you, like they'll go. You want to go? Hand. No, you're dying to. You, I can tell you're ch- you're it's ready. Not, it's not. I'm not dying to. You're dying. I've to. got nothing crazy in this one. Okay, I'm not we'll, in my we'll, bag. We'll determine that. I'm not in my bag. Uh, Jaquan Brisker interception. Okay. That's C. That's I, it. That, no, 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 no. Okay. That's just one. Of, that's pretty mild. And I think Chase Claypool catches a 30 yard plus touchdown. I think they utilize him. I think they go one on one. I think he absolutely mosses someone in the end zone. I think. I, I think like. I think the stuff from training camp is real about Claypool. His usage in yeah. that period was real. Obviously, we didn't see it in the preseason because he didn't really play. Um, I think he's 
I, I just think people are sleeping on him. Like, I don't think it's possible that he just came to Chicago and became a significantly worse player. Like, sure. it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like, what's the reason? Like, scheme fit, sure. Last year, that's applicable because he played six games in a new scheme, in a, an offense that's, you know, very well known to be very hard to learn. He's had no offseason now. They've utilized him in training camp. I think they're going to find him down the field, 30-plus yard touchdown, a little jump ball chase. Claypool, um, I might think of one more creative, but I'll let you go now. <laughs> It sounds like you're already halfway there. No, you you go. I got to cook. All right. Brisker was going to be one of mine. Uh, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I also am going to go uh, with another offensive one. And I think it's super boring, but I think come end of the game uh, on Sunday, I think Rashawn Johnson's going to have the second most carries of the running backs behind Cleo Herbert. I think Cleo Herbert will get most of the workload, but I think at the end of the day, we're going to see that Rashawn Johnson had the second largest workload. I think like, I mean, the bears love him. We heard all offseason how much they love him, how much they love his running style. I think that Deonta Foreman is going to, it's going to be evident despite the depth chart that Deonta Foreman is third among the running backs. And those are two really boring ones. So I will go one. That's a little more exciting. You know, I have to go back to my guy. I have to go to my dude. Go to your dude. Cole Komet touchdown. We have to do it. It has been a thing for me for now going on the third season. Has to be a thing. I'm going back to my dude. And this isn't just, like, to be fair, at least this time, there's established history because Justin Fields and Cole Komet have a rapport. They have a history. They have a chemistry. So I'll go Cole Komet catches the first Bears touchdown of the season. All right, what's your outrageous one? Wait, hang on. So I'm just going to parlay these together and, and see if there's low value. So if I believe Chase Claypool is going to score, mm-hmm. and Brisker I believe that Cole Komet's going to score, you can't par- you can't yeah. bet on an interception for a specific player, I don't believe. Uh, we'll do do commit first touchdown and then Claypool touchdown. Oh, sorry. I guess we're giving your guy the first touchdown. All yeah, right. Sure. You think? Okay. Well, I, I mean, said that specifically. That that that's fine. Uh, oh oh, I didn't know. I didn't catch that. My bad. So if you do commit first touchdown plus sixteen hundred and you do chase Claypool anytime touchdown score plus four forty, that's ten dollars to win you a thousand. So hundred um, to one. Just just you know you can pay off a little rent there if you listen to Bears Nation podcast. We're out here uh right here paying the bills. Well, for you guys. remember. We did have somebody hit the Cole Komet two touchdown Dude, game. That guy a couple hit years that. ago. I think it was against th- the Panthers. Yeah, I think he won like two thousand dollars. He sent us a DM. It was crazy. That was crazy. That, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious. So, so I'm just, just saying, for everybody listening, just saying, just saying, just saying. We've made money. We made people money in the past. Well, Jake yeah. specifically has made people money in the past. <laughs> My crazy one, not so crazy. Um, I honestly think the Bears are like keeping Tyre Scott a secret. Like I, I, I think he we is have their heard very tool. little about him. I yes. agree with that. It's weird. I think he's their little hidden tool. I agree with that. And they're gonna say, Tyler Scott, show him what you're made of. I, th- I thought about making him my bold prediction. I thought about that. Yeah, I don't know if he scores a touchdown, but I, I just say he shows. He, he, he makes a huge play, and everyone's like, who the, the like other one team? catch, forty yards, yeah. something, yeah, or, or like some sort of like you know running catch, something crazy, and the other team's like, who the is this guy right Packers like who the, who the hell is this Tyler Scott kid I mean this guy has looked good in camp and yep. I think he makes a big play uh on Sunday Justin Fields stat line go Justin Fields stat line I think the Packers are going to run the ball a lot I think they're trying to control the clock I think the Bears are going to be more conservative as well with their game plan I don't think they're th- going to throw a ton I'm going to say Justin Fields 13 for 20 183 Ugh. yards, one touchdown through the air. I'd be sick to my stomach. It's not great, but I, I mean, would you be surprised? Yes. 
What about? I mean, I have, be consi- I have to be consistent. I have to be. I mean, what do you do? Do you know me? Yeah, that's right. Would that's you fair. be surprised? <laughs> I. It, this has nothing to do with how I feel about Justin Fields. It's what I. It, it has everything to do with what I feel about the game plan of this game is going sure. to be. And that's how I. That's how I'm trying like, to. And again, my, predict mine as well. You said 13 for 20 for like what? 180. 183. I'll put an exact number. In in reality. If that's Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 40 times, 40 times, and he's 26 for 40, that's like a 350-yard passing game. Yeah. Like, they need to throw the ball more with Justin Fields, and they will. I think they'll throw the ball 28 times. They'll think it'll be 22 for 28 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I don't expect him to throw for 350 and four. Like, he's not going to go crazy, but he's going to throw. He threw for 250 last year. Improvement. Threw for 250 on him last year. They threw the ball 25 times against this team. They think they're going to throw the ball more 28 times. Um, one, two, two, two touchdowns in the air, one on the ground for Justin Fields. Three touchdown day. Okay. Big fantasy day for my boy. I, I, I just I think they're going to throw the ball more, and I think it's going to be reflected in the stat line. So 250, or right, I say 280, two touchdowns, one on the ground, 22 for 28. All right. That segues into our first of the year. Feels so good to be back. Our first really score predictions of the year. Kevin, I will let you take the honors first, as we know where you're going to go. I mean, look, I, I I tried my hardest here to spend the past 44 minutes of this podcast convincing Jake, because last Monday you predicted this as a loss, but you said, hey, there's a chance maybe that you could change your mind, right? And, the, and my whole goal, my as it is every time I come on this show, I don't do this for me, I don't do this for you guys, right? No, I, I, do, I do it for the fans, I do it for the listeners, right? But I do this to make Jake's life a little bit more positive, to 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 to, to weed out the pessimism. I, out I of appreciate him. that. I do this for him. All right. There's so much negativity for this team inside of his blood. Right. It's been twenty. It's been twenty five, almost twenty six years of life for Jake, watching losses and watching L's and watching bad quarterback play, and the pessimism has engulfed him to the point where it's unbearable. And it's my goal to weed it out, to get it out of him. And I feel like we're slowly we're slowly extracting. And I think it's going to happen this week. The Bears are going to win this game 27-23. to 23. It's going to be a little closer than what we want it to be. It's going to be a sweat. Your nails are going to be gone by the end of the game. I'm going to be biting them. <laughs> I'm going to be nervous. It's going to be weird. It's going to be it's going to be gross. It's week one. It always is. It's never how it is. It's never how it... Like, the game is not going to go how I predicted it. All right, give a score. Let's go. I just said 27-23. Bears win. Okay. I just, I got nothing else. I think they come out hot. I think this signifies the changing of the guard in the division. Jake, please, please tell me I changed your mind. You didn't. I, you didn't. I still. Ter- who I, is this guy? I still think that the Bears lose this game. I Horrible. think it's just the historical precedent and just like, I know you're saying this is a different team and that times are changing. That could still be true and the offense can still look better. I still just think that the Bears are going to disappoint us again just like they usually do, and I am expecting failure so that I'm not disappointed when You're, they see, inevitably this is, lose. This is what I try to do. This, this, is, this is bad. Yeah, listen, this is bad. Listen, I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 24-17, and I think it's going to be a disgusting, You're, gross game, but I think it's going to be a lot of running the football. I think it's going to be a lot of clock control by both teams, and I think, unfortunately, the Bears ultimately lose and start season 0-1 and don't get the monkey off their back because it's just – all the hype, and, and you're seeing in the betting line that the Packers are taking money, and the Bears are now to one-point favorites after opening three Good. and a half. Jump on the Bears! Perfect so time! I just It just doesn't feel right. 
I don't think that the Bears are ready to win this game. I do think we'll see some improvements and some positives, but I think at the end of the day, they lose the game. I'm sorry to say. Guys, I tried. I, he can't be saved. He can't be saved. You're it's right. A, it, it, it's, 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 it's just been too much pain it's in all my you life. Know. It's yes, all you exactly. know. Exactly. 25, almost 26 years of life, and it's just all I know from this team. So if they win, like... How much does that change for you? Like, if they win, like, are you a new man as you're as a reborn? Pertains, reborn? Uh, as a fan of this team, if they win, my season outlook will definitely go up. My positive, the the amount of positivity I have for the season will definitely increase if the Bears win this game, regardless if it's convincingly or not. Okay, and last question: You think the Packers are going to win, but like percent chance they win, like. Is this I think you? it's going to be close. I think it's going to be gross. Yeah, like 50, I, I like 50, 75, 25? 53, 47. Okay. So you think so like it's I think right it's, there. I, You're right like there. I think it's about a coin flip. I think the, both these teams are so many unknowns and both have equal amounts of question marks on both sides of the ball. I just think that it's the historical, what we've come to expect is that the Bears will lose. I blame Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. They're, they're, you know, the ra- you know the rational, that's influencing the rational, this. Yeah, the ra- I mean, yeah, yeah working working with them and and, th- and also on BetQL Daily, the rational, objective viewpoint has infiltrated my brain. You know more about this team than they do, though. So, I don't know that I do. I think I know. I think I think I think you do. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see. We'll put out our graphic on Instagram. We we'll, we'll let the comments First come at one you. Of the year. Comments will come at you. I don't They're, know if they will. Oh, they will. You think? Uh, it's we'll Jake Guy versus picking the Packers again. What the fuck is wrong? Even though you did have the better picking record last year. Yeah. Well. Shockingly. Yeah. For I think three years running. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm coming for the crown this year. Let's do it. Bears by 50. <laughs> All right, that does it for our first game preview of the year. It feels great to be back. Feels so good to be back with you guys. Appreciate everyone watching and listening. You guys are the best as always. It's going to be a really fun season. Looking forward to it. We will see you on Monday for our game recap of week one of the start of the Bears 2023-24 season. Until then, bear down. <laughs>